welcome to Fierce Woman Rising, the podcast that ignites your inner fire and introduces you to women who shattered norms, rewritten rules, and embraced financial independence. I'm Claire, accountant, business mentor, coach, and your guide on this transformational journey. Each week, I'll be sharing powerful interviews with women who have embraced a life of purpose and taken control of their destinies. Learn from their stories, empower yourself, and if you feel called, join us in rewriting your own story. Financial independence, joy, and abundance are not just a dream. It is your birthright. Let's rise together with fire and become the next fierce woman rising. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I am so grateful to you for being here. And as the title of this episode alludes to, I want to talk a bit more today about my origin story and where the journey that I have been on over the last few years, because I'm at a point now, 42 years old, I'm at a point now where I can see that everything that has happened has happened for a reason. Everything that has gone exceptionally well in my life has happened for a reason. Everything that has challenged me, upset me, angered me, triggered me, made me really question everything I was doing has also all happened for a reason. And I'm now starting to see what all that was building for. And if you listened to the the last episode of what to expect from this show, you'll know I talked about those of us who have this inner knowing that we're here for more. That was always me. It was always me through through childhood, through my teenage years, through uni, Like I knew I was here for more and every now and again, I'd get this pull. I'd get this pull to go and do something that was completely out of the box and and completely um, not the perceived normal route perhaps. And I just felt compelled to do it. And, And there were times when I'd get that pull and I would ignore it through my life. Um, and what I've now learned is that, you know, it, whilst that was my head taking over my heart, taking over my natural drive and, and telling me or reminding me, you know, Claire, no, you're, you're a grown up now. You, you can't do stuff like that. Um, and, and I would listen and I would, I would stay in this kind of flat monotony kind of state. Um, and every single time I followed my heart or followed my inner voice or followed my inner knowing or followed my intuition, whatever you want to call it, every time I followed my fire, amazing things happened. And so I am now choosing to follow that inner fire. And don't get me wrong, it's it's hard at times because it requires a level of self-trust that many of us don't have. We've forgotten how to trust ourselves because we have become so ingrained in the societal norms and how we do things. And I want to reiterate again, like I am not in any way bagging out people who 
have a nine to five job, choose to follow the perceived norms, I'm doing inverted air quotes, um, and, and live a perfectly happy, fulfilled life. I'm not bagging people who make that choice. Who I am talking to are people like me who are living that life right now because they've told themselves that's what they've got to do. You got to grow up. This is adulting. This, this is what we do now. This is what life is. This is what our parents did. This is what our grandparents did. This is what my kids will do. This is this is life. You know, get over yourself. Grow up. I'm talking to people who say things like that to themselves because that was me. The amount of times I would say, it's time to grow up, Claire. It's just, just stop. Just stop. You know, you've got a mortgage now. You've got kids now. You've got responsibilities. You know, you, you have a job. You go to work. You do your job and you come home again. The amount of pep talks that I would give myself back in the day, um, getting out of my car and walking into my place of work was just insane. It was daily, daily. I'd be like, come on, Claire, come on, you can do this. You can do this. It's just a few hours out of your life. You can do this. And you know, one place, one place in particular, like I, I could, I could hype myself up and I'd got really good at hyping myself up and I'd walk through the door and I would literally feel myself change. I would feel my soul stay in the car. I would, I would just feel my energy drop. My vibrations just plummeted. And it, I was literally in a state of survival every day in that role. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, I had some great friends uh, at that place and I have some amazing memories and I don't regret a thing. I would never change a thing because like I said at the beginning, what I've now discovered is that everything has happened for a reason and, and every every challenge, every every battle, every whatever I've had to overcome has taught me what I needed to learn about myself, about the world, about people that has now got me to where I am. So I am super grateful for it. But in that moment, um, it was something that I was very, very conscious of. But I, again, I just gave myself the pep talk of, well, this is life, Claire, you know, deal with it. And um, I wonder how many, how many other people out there do the exact same thing. And tell themselves that, you know, this is it, this is as good as it gets, because they don't know about other options, they don't know how to break out of of that world. So, you know, that is what this show is here to inspire. And I've already recorded some fabulous conversations. And I've got many, many more lined up of particularly women who from all different, um, all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different stages of life, all completely different visions. Everyone is so very, very different, but everybody had that inner drive that there was something more. And, and you are the person that I'm talking to in this podcast, if that is you. If, you. if you have to give yourself pep talks to get out of the car and go to work, if you have to drag yourself out of bed, if you snooze your alarm like six million times before you get up and you, you, you literally have the bare minimum amount of time to, to get yourself and the kids ready in the mornings, that's who I'm talking to. You know you're here for more. And... I thought it would be really valuable to share my story first um, before I share the stories of of the other incredible people in this space because um, I want to add some context to 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 my journey and and where I am now and how I'm able to be so so dead set 
confident, so dead set sure, so dead set trusting of myself that I am now in the right space. And, you know, logically, I actually can't, I I logically can't explain that. All I can do is share my story, share my journey and let you know that I am 100% trusting my gut on this. And as I said earlier, I know that when I 100% trust my gut on things, um, that's that's the truly wonderful things that have happened in my life. You know, immigrating to um, Australia from the UK, marrying my husband, um, having kids. It's they're the they're the big, big, big things. Leaving my comfortable six figure career um, to start the world of entrepreneurship. They all fly, flew in the face of logic for different reasons, and they are all the most truly wonderful things that happened to me. So let's go back. Let's go back to, I remember a time I, I was probably about, I don't know, maybe 15 years old, something like that in around year 10, year nine, year 10. And, um, we needed to do some, we needed to do some work experience, um, in order to write a report. This was for a business studies course. And I remember going to work, um, going to my mum's work and um, essentially cutting a, cutting a long story short, the, um, the topic of the report that I wrote was about how this business could improve, um, where I could see holes um, and what I thought this business could do to to improve the the performance of the business, the happiness of the staff, the service that went out to the clients and, and all that sort of thing. And it was probably at that point that I started to build this idea in my head of I'm here to help people in some capacity. I have a I have a superpower, I'll call it. I can look at a situation. I can rise above. I can look at a situation. I can absorb a lot of information. I can sort it all out and I can spit it out in a digestible format. And that was probably the first time that I had true awareness of that as a skill of mine. And I didn't know what I was going to do with it. This was probably at about the point where I was picking subjects to go into my A-levels, which is, um, you know, the sort of the exams you do around 17, 18 in the UK. So whatever your equivalent is in the country you're listening to, um, which then was my pathway into uni. And I knew I wanted to go to uni because I knew I wanted to move out um, and experience life on my own, stand on my own two feet. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to study. I had no idea what I wanted to do um, beyond uni. Um, But I knew that, you know, I knew that I understood and enjoyed business and I knew that I wanted to to help people. So I was like, okay, I'll pick, I I studied business and economics because I thought, well, that's quite broad. That doesn't narrow me into anything, um, but it's going to give me a good foundation. So I went off and I, I spent three years in Nottingham, Nottingham Trent University in the UK. And I had the best three years of my life. I experienced so many highs, so many lows, so much stress, so much joy, so much exhilaration, so much, so much heartbreak, so much excitement. Like it was the best three years of my life for teaching me about life. And I am so 
grateful that um, that I decided to go to uni and and have that experience. Afterwards, I still had no idea what I wanted to do. So um, my um, boyfriend at the time and I decided, right, let's go to let, let's go to Australia. Let's um, let's go to Australia. That's sort of what everybody did after uni. Um, I think now I'm in Australia. I think there's a lot of Aussies that go and travel Europe after uni. So. You know, this is, it was a thing. Um, so we packed up and um, and we came over and we had an amazing an amazing time and and this was probably the first time or well, the first time I have conscious awareness anyway of feeling a pull, really feeling a pull, feeling an emotional, energetic pull. And when we arrived in Australia, I was like, oh my god, like this is home. Like th- this is where I need to be. And as that, that completely flew in the face of logic. It was a country halfway across the world from everything I'd ever known for, for the whole 19 years of my life prior. All my family, all my friends, all my life, all my memories, everything were on the complete other side of the globe. Yet to me, this was home. And um, skipping forward a few years, you know, we ended up emigrating and that relationship ended and I was faced with a choice. I could go back. I was suddenly on my own in, in a country halfway across the world. I could go back to the UK, to my family, to my friends, to my you know old life, even though it was a few years on um, and everyone had moved on from uni. I was like, obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll sink. I'll get back into it. It'll be fine. Um, or I could stay. And I decided to stay. Um I decided to stay because I knew that there was something about me being in Australia. And so, again, flew completely in the face of logic. I stayed in this country heartbroken um, and and getting over sort of a six-year relationship breaking up. Fast forward again um, and I met, I met Terry. I met Terry very, very quickly after that, actually. Um, like very quickly, like about six weeks later, um, possibly, no, it wasn't, it wasn't even, I'd even met Terry prior to that. Anyway, I met Terry very, very quickly after that time. And, um, we, (laughs) we, we had, um, it was actually the anniversary of, um, this incident this weekend, on the long weekend um, the, of um, September in 2006, we had to think about this last night when we were trying to remember back, we were saying 2016, but we're like, no, that's wrong because that would put Kai at six years old and, and Kai was, it wasn't even a twinkle in our eye at that point. So it must have been 2006, which made us feel incredibly old. Um, I had, I had, I had met Terry. I was living sort of 10 hours away from where he lived and we decided, you know what, if we're going to see if this long distance relationship thing is going to work, let's, let's get together again and let's catch up for the weekend and have some fun and we'll, we'll see how we go. And, um, we were four wheel driving on, on the beach and the sand dunes in Geraldton, Western Australia. And, um, Terry took the drove drove the car up over a mound of sand. We were, you know, on the sand dunes, so we were going at a bit of speed, as you could probably imagine. And I was this young, twenty something, trying to act really cool. So windows down, wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and the car took off. 
And as the car took off, I lifted up off the seat and I hit my head on the roof of the car. And then the force of that hit then obviously pushed me back down onto the seat. So I landed sort of with a thud down on the seat. And in the second after that, the car then landed. So it was like a double, double dunk, if you like. And if you've ever driven through the bush or driven on a country road and you've driven over, um, you've driven over a a log or a stick that's probably a, you know a couple of inches in diameter and you've heard it go that's the noise my back made and terry stopped the car instantly and he looked at me and we both knew he was like was that your back and i was like uh-huh and instinctively i opened the door of the car and um i went to get out i, I just I wasn't feeling any pain at this point. This is all happening in the space of seconds. I wasn't feeling any pain at this point. I, I went to get out of the car. I put my, you know, put my foot down on the sand and my, my legs just crumpled. And I landed sort of flat on my um, stomach in the sand. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, and <laughs> the really funny thing was um, I, had a, um, I had a little Jack Russell and um, he was my he was my sort of comfort puppy um, after my previous relationship um, broke down. And we did this little thing where if, you know, we were on the lounge room and I was in the lounge room and watching TV and I laid on the floor on my tummy, he would he would come and he would jump on my back and he'd like give me this little back, like give me this little back massage. And then we'd have this little cuddle and it was this really cute little thing that we did. He was in the back of the car. So when he saw me lying down on the sand, he jumped out of the car and he was jumping on on my back and I was like get this king dog off my back and probably launched him into the sand dunes the poor little dude he didn't know what he was doing um and that was another one of those moments it was just it was it was absolutely an insane message from the universe I think this is how I'm choosing to look at it now that that Terry and I were destined to be together and it was it was as if the universe was saying well you look like you've had a really great weekend but we're not a you know not a hundred percent sure if if this is this is going to work out you know you know the little mermaid and you know you know that where she has to kiss the prince like by a certain point and Sebastian and everyone everyone is like trying to get trying to make the, the universe align so that they have this kiss by this point. It was like that. That's what it felt like looking back. It was like, it was like, okay, we think this has gone pretty well, but we need to do something else that's going to like maybe make her stay, buy a bit more time. Like, hey, let's break her back. Um, so what, what, what was going to be a um, just a long weekend, hanging out, having fun, seeing if, we, seeing if we clicked, actually turned into Terry being my nursemaid for over a month because I, I was actually incredibly lucky and I – I fractured my um, my L1 lumbar vertebrae, but it, it fractured forward, if you like. It compressed forward, nothing chipped off, so there was no damage to my spinal cord. So I didn't need any surgery, nothing had chipped off. It had just compressed. Um, and so what was required was four weeks of complete and utter bed rest um, and then years of physio and Pilates and yoga. And, um, I was told to do yoga for the rest of my life to keep my core strong because at 26 years old, I'd given myself the spine of a 60 year old apparently. So that's why I do so much yoga now as well. Anyway, so we had gone from, um, having a long weekend of fun to Terry suddenly being my nursemaid and, um, he had to do everything for me. He had to, um, he had to help me go to the toilet. He had to help me get dressed. He had to cook all my meals. Bear in mind, you know, we'd only known each other a few, a few you know, we'd, we'd, 
we'd hooked up and and we'd had this weekend so we were still getting to know each other as well but suddenly he I had to trust him to completely and utterly look after me and you know he had to come home from work every lunchtime and and make me lunch because I couldn't get up and do anything myself and it was a it was a real opportunity for me even telling the story now and reflecting it was a real opportunity for me to learn to trust to learn to surrender to learn to release some control because I up until that point I had wanted absolute 110% control of my life and everything in it and I think this was my first this was my first bolt from the universe to go hey you know what Claire sometimes you've got to surrender sometimes you have got to let other people guide you or other things guide you and um I think now it's funny even just recalling the story now I think that was the first example of that so that's it's really interesting um so that story came out obviously for a reason I have a I have a firm I have a firm belief I never have scripts for these episodes I have a I have a, an intent of what I want to um of what I want to share and and what the key message that I want to bring in an episode is but I never have a script and I just trust that what comes out is what what is needed to come out so um take what you will from from that story relate with it how you will let's let's switch gears now and um and talk about my sort of professional background my career so i when i came over to australia um the little country town that we were living in in western australia kojanup um there were a couple of roles i seem to recall available at the time one was a graduate accountant um, at the local accounting firm and one was um, a job at the co-op um, as a checkout, um, checkout chick as I called it. And the graduate accounting job came with a rental house. So I was like, well, no brainer. You know, I've got a business and economics degree. Let's go for that. And that was my um, that was my introduction into the world of accounting. And it was quite hilarious because if if there were any of the modules, um, any of the, the lectures at uni that I would skip um it would be the accounting ones um you know they were they were, they were on a like they were on an afternoon um it was like I think it was a Wednesday afternoon which was like the night the student union um had like you know student night and the lectures would go to like six o'clock at night and I was like yeah no 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 I'm not going to that one so it's really quite funny that I found myself um found myself in a role as an accountant but anyway I found I was really good at it the firm was um the firm was amazing. This really cruisy, casual, um, rural firm. My my boss was incredible. So very, very patient and taught me so many foundational skills that I still call on today in my accounting world. So I'm super, super grateful. Um, super, super grateful for that time. What that meant was, I trained as a I trained as a tax accountant. I um, I specialized my business economics degree into an accounting degree started my CPA and what that meant was everywhere I moved to I just fell into a tax accounting job because every single town needed tax accountants Um, and so it was just easy for me like we could move anywhere that we wanted and I could always find a very high paying or very well paying job that I didn't necessarily I couldn't necessarily say it lit my soul on fire and I loved it but it was okay and and I was good at it I could do it and 
often I would make great friends in the firms that I was working in. And so this was one of those moments where I was like, well, this is just adulting, Claire. This is just what it is. No one enjoys their jobs. And I I remember having this conversation with multiple people. You know, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to enjoy your job. You you go to work to earn the money to, to live a life you want to enjoy. You're not supposed to enjoy your job. But there was always a part of that 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 just didn't sit well with me. I'm like, well, why not? Like, wh- why can't I? Why can't I do a job that I really enjoy? Why can't I spend my time earning money doing something that I enjoy and also enjoy the time that I'm spending with my friends, my family and, and spending that money? So it was always, it was, it was one of those moments where I'm like, why, why can't I have both? Why do I have to choose? And um, so I stayed in the accounting profession for for a long time because it was it was easy. As I said, I could always find a job; it always paid well. Um, when Kai came along, our first um, our first son, um, he was an incredibly incredibly good baby. Um, slept like a dream. Slept through the night from seven weeks. So I was like, okay, I just went back to work. Um, he went into daycare and everything was dandy. You know, life carried on. When Tal came along, it was a little bit different. Um, and I noticed something had changed in me and all of a sudden it was a real struggle to go to work, even though the firm I was working for at the time, again, was another incredible firm with fantastic people. And I absolutely love my time there. And they were so flexible and so accommodating for me. I had no set hours. I literally was like, you know what, I can only manage two hours this week. They would pay me for two hours. If the following week I could do 50 hours, they would pay me for 50 hours. Like it was the most, the most amazing, um, flexible, amazing firm. I absolutely loved it. And and I literally, the only reason I left there was the fact that we moved to New South Wales. Um, but again, it, it, it was comfortable. It was easy. And I wasn't in a position where I had to think about, well, what would I do instead? What do I want instead? It was just an easy thing to just keep doing. And when we moved over here to New South Wales, I was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be my time where, because we moved for a job that Terry had. So I thought he's going to be, he's going to be earning the money. Um, It's a much cheaper area than where we were living. I didn't need to work initially. Tal at this point was about 18 months old. Kai was about to start kindy. So I'm like, I can, my focus was going to be, um, let's settle into this new area. Let's settle Kai into starting school, settle Tal in, and I'll just figure out what I want to do for this next stage of my life after that. Now, anyone who has a skill, a, um, a skill or a profession that is in demand in a small town will know you cannot fly onto the radar for very long. And um, I soon was being called and emailed about various positions in accounting firms, in organizations um, offering me jobs. And I thought I was offered a job I was offered a job, um, a full-time commercial finance job. So for me, it was a bit different. It was out of public practice. It wasn't lodging tax returns and, and BASs and and working on lots of different clients. It was working for one business as their, um, as their sort of internal accountant, management accountant, financial analyst actually. But it was a full-time job. Um, and 
I didn't want a full-time job. Cut a long story short, I negotiated part-time hours and I started um, I started there part-time. And what that role taught me was, or what that role reminded me was what I learned at that work experience with my mum, that I had this innate ability, this superpower to absorb information, process it in my mind and regurgitate it and spit it out in a way that people understood. So my role in that organization was essentially the bridge between the corporate finance function, which was um, at the head office in Sydney, and the operational part of the business, which was based in Tumut in the office where I was working. And so I had to relay messages from all the accountants and corporate finance people in Sydney head office to the operational staff on the ground in Tumut and vice versa. I had to relay messages back. And so what made me so successful in that role, I think, is that I was able to communicate to both sides in a language that they each understood. I didn't, I don't believe I sprouted too much numbers jargon to, to, to the non-numbers people. And I tried to simplify the, the, the science and the people issues and the production issues and, and talk that to, to the corporate side in a way that they could understand you know I would I would relate that back to numbers so that they could understand the issues that were going on um, at at the production side of the business anyway the reason I'm sharing this is because it was a reminder of that skill and in that sort of in that role I I had uh, I sort of had this epiphany like I'm not I'm not meant for this I'm not meant to be here. Um, And this was another one of those really big messages from the universe. Like, um, Claire, you're not meant to be here. Um, You're meant to be doing something different. And by this time, um, I had taken on that role full time and Terry had stepped back. Um, We decided, you know, I was being offered um, a significant amount of money to do this role full time. And that meant that Terry could come away from doing 12 hour night shifts. So we are like, okay, let's roll reverse. You, you be home with the boys um, and I'll work. So by this time I was the main, um, the main income earner, not the sole income earner because Terry's an electrician. And as I say, small town, people soon found out there was an electrician kicking around and, and, you know, he'd be, he'd be getting calls and can you come do this? Can you come do that? So he was building his own contracting business on the side. Uh, but he still, you know, worked part-time hours and predominantly was home with the boys, which worked fabulously. I've always said Terry makes a much better house husband than I ever make a housewife. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, so this was one of those moments where I was like, okay, um, I've got a really big pull here like I need to do something different but I had no idea what that different was so I remember like in my lunch breaks I was just googling things I was just like what what could I do I was googling um being a dietitian I was googling being an OT I was googling being a PT I was googling oh at one point I googled um, I was trying to work out how many chickens I would need to um, lay enough eggs to have a viable egg business. Um, so I was, I was looking, I was just searching. I was searching for anything um, that could give me some kind of sign as to what I should be doing. And I think, you know, the good old Facebook algorithms pick up on things like this. Um, and I suddenly started getting a lot of life coaching ads popping up on my feed. I think they th- sort of saw my Google search history. I'm like, oh my God, this woman needs help. 
Uh-huh. So all these life coaching ads started popping up on, on my on my feed and one in particular caught my eye and I watched the video and I remember going home and um, I was like, okay, um, I, I want to sign up for this coaching course. And, you know, I don't remember how the conversation went, um, to be quite honest, but yeah, Terry, I, Terry was obviously supportive um, we did it and I started, I started life coach training and initially I thought that it would help me sort my shit out. I thought it would help me sort my head out and would help me find some form of clarity as to what I wanted to do. What I soon discovered was I'm really quite good at this um, and I really enjoy it because it's, it, it uses that same skill. You know, I sit, I listen to people talking, I absorb the information, I process it in my mind and I regurgitate it back to them in a way they understand and, and it was helping them find clarity um, with where they were stuck. And, you know, I would come away from these sessions feeling absolutely freaking incredible. They would come away feeling absolutely incredible. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm really good at this. Um, I really enjoy this. Maybe this is my thing. And, and I thought, well, combine it with my accounting and finance experience. You know, this, this could be really cool. Remembering back to my 15 year old work experience with my mum, this is it. This is what it was all for. I'm supposed to be a business coach. I am supposed to help people in businesses, um, make better businesses. I thought, you know, I was like, this is it. 37 years old. I'm like, yep, I found it. Like this is, this is what it's all about. Um, and so I remember, I remember convincing Terry that, um, now is the time, like I've been, I've been building my coaching on the side. So earning, earning extra money on the side of my full-time job. I was like, if I'm going to take this business any further, I am literally at breaking point. I have to stop working. Um, and even though I think Terry's preference would have been to cut back days and I think, in hindsight, maybe that could have been a good decision. But as I said, I don't regret any decision I made. And I believe every challenge I've faced has taught me what I've needed to learn. I decided to resign. So I resigned from my six-figure career, from my six-figure job. And I was, I decided I was going to make my mark, um, make my mark as a coach. And I just signed a five-figure contract um, with an organization to work with them. So, you know, sort of financially, I was like, all right, I'm set for a few months. I'm good. Um, What I didn't know, this was, um, this was July, 2019. What I didn't know was what was about to happen. Um, So let me break it down in an absolute nutshell. When I first resigned, um, after a couple of weeks, I became incredibly sick, incredibly sick, like the sickest I have ever, ever been. And I remember having my first probably three weeks of entrepreneurship um, in bed thinking, what the hell? And um, so I wasn't earning any money because guess what? I just resigned from my nice, comfortable job that paid me sick leave. Um, And so I was like, oh shit, you know, so it was like this big, massive wake up call. Got through that worked my first couple of months with this, um, with this organization. Um, and then terrible, terrible bushfires hit our region and, um, Terry's in the RFS. And so he was pretty much gone 24 seven. Um, and so my business went completely on hold because we were literally in survival mode. I, I got up and spent every minute of every day, um, clearing as much, 
fire fuel as I could from, from our property, keeping our boys as, as calm um, and as comfortable as I could and packing up valuable, important things from the house and getting my car packed up ready to evacuate. Like, so that was how, that was how we spent sort of six weeks, um, got through that. And we are now at February, 2020. And I think we all know what happened come March, April, 2020, the whole world went to shit with the big C. And so all this happened within a few months of me leaving my full-time job. And I remember thinking, oh my God, you know, like universe, seriously, like, why are you doing this to me? Like, so all that contract that I had was for face-to-face facilitation. And so all of that got canceled with, with COVID obviously. And everything I had lined up was more of the same. It was more, you know, face-to-face consulting, coaching, training with businesses. And so it, it all got canceled. It all got put on the back burner. And again, it was a, it was, I'm seeing it now as a message to me, a lesson in resilience, a lesson in, have you really got what it takes, Claire? Do you really want this? And I started, I really began to question it. I was like, I I don't know. Like, what do I want? Universe, give me a sign. And, um, it, you know, the universe delivered. This is something, this is something I have really discovered. Um, you know, whatever your beliefs are, whether you are religious, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in some kind of higher being, whether you talk to the universe, talk to the animals, whatever it is. I think everybody who is resonating with this story and the idea of this podcast, the idea that we're here for more and we've just got to find our thing, everybody in that mindset, everybody who has that way of thinking, everybody in that space probably has some kind of belief that there is some higher power that um, that guides us. And I'm not religious, but I believe that we do have um, we do have spirit guides. I do believe that we have people who look over us and look out for us. And I genuinely believe that I can reach out to the universe and ask for help and I will receive it in some form. It might be a very, um, it might be a very convoluted form that I have to, can't quite work out the link and, and it might take a few years to work out the link, but I have trust in that. I have faith in that. And um, so my business, my business was able to pivot because I was open to um, open to anything, essentially um, open to opportunity. And um, I was given an in to online small business coaching. And that was sort of my journey, I guess, into the online space. I'm like, okay, I, I can do this. I can do this online. I can build things online. I can work with clients online. I don't have to work with them face to face. I don't have to travel. Um, and that really moved my business forward through those COVID years. You know, it kept me surviving through those COVID years, essentially. Um, and, you know, I came to the end of 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 COVID, the, the COVID time thinking, well, this, this is great. You know, my business has done all right. Terry's business had done, was doing great because, you know, suddenly people were spending more time at home and 
um, working from home and schooling from home and realize they don't have enough PowerPoints and realize their aircon's broken and realize they need this here and that there and more lights. And so, you know, he was, he was incredibly busy. Um, and, and so, you know, we were incredibly, um, in a, an incredibly privileged position that both of our businesses actually thrive, thrived through COVID and, um, and we were doing okay financially. There was something, there was something, something changed, a, a, a switch changed, a switch flicked, something changed. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. What I am trusting that it was, is, was, was, you know, my spirit guide, the universe, whatever, whoever, um, guiding me to the path I needed to be on, um, noticing that, all right, she's going in the wrong direction. Um, she's going all right, but she's going in the wrong direction. We've got to, we've got to pull her back. And, um, suddenly things that I found joy in and I found satisfaction in, I wasn't feeling that anymore. Um, I'd started doing some work, um, in the youth space and with youth leadership um, and and bringing up sort of our next generation of of, of student leaders um, of, of business owners of entrepreneurs um, and and that lit me up to begin with but toward the end of last year something changed and fast forwarding I I remember and I, I have shared this in quite a few platforms quite recently but I I remember just suddenly hitting a point at the end of last year it was like it was like the last the 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 years prior had finally caught up with me it is like the the shock of leaving a a full-time career a six-figure income of getting sick of surviving the bushfires of COVID of pivoting my business twice in such a short time it was like all of that suddenly caught up with me and hit me, just hit me head on. You know, I, I'd turned 40 in that time, wasn't overly emotional about that, couldn't have a huge celebration because it was in the middle of COVID, didn't bother me at the time. Um, but at just, just after my 42nd birthday, so November last year, no, actually it was October. It was a family wedding that we went to. Um, and it hit me like a lead balloon there because I saw I saw family members living a life that we wanted. Um, and I felt so far away from us achieving it you know having our own um, having our own dream property having multiple streams of income coming from that property from our various wacky crazy ideas that we had you know we've talked about so many different things and um, you know here we were um, with Terry's cousin at their beautiful beautiful property watching them do it and seeing what they'd created and it just it hit me it hit me so hard as to how far away we were from that now financially we were getting by we were putting money aside we were saving we were living a great life we've got no debts um so you know we're in a far better position than a lot of people but for me it suddenly hit me then like a 
brick wall smack in the face of Claire. Do you realize how far away you are from this right now? If you keep going like this, you know, you'll get there, but you'll probably get there in 10 years time. And hey, guess what? In 10 years time, Tile's 20, Kai's 23. Like they're probably not even going to come with you um, to this dream property that you wanted for them. Um, And that, hit me so hard and I remember a couple of weeks after the wedding just after my birthday drinking I was drinking sat in our veranda admiring our beautiful view like I do you know pretty much every day and I suddenly started crying like I started bawling and I it was uncontrollable and I went out and I sat on the grass and I was like I can't, I can't do this anymore I cannot do this anymore you know the the this sort of, I think this depression, this weight had been coming on for a while and that was oozing into how I was around the house. So I was really snappy and grumpy with the kids. I was um, very, very snappy, had no time for Terry. Um, and so we were we were bickering and arguing a lot more. Uh, I was yelling at the boys all the time. I just, I would just hide myself in working and I wasn't looking after myself. I'd put on a heap of weight and everything just came crashing down. Everything was on my shoulders. All the balls that I was juggling just fell on the floor and like scattered off all around me. Like I broke, I literally broke and I sat on the grass and I bawled and I bawled and I bawled and I cried and Terry came out and he sat next to me and and he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want to be here. I don't know if I want to be with you. I don't know if I want to be, I don't know what I want. I just, I don't know what I want. Um, And it was a really confronting time for me um, because I'd always had such control. I'd, I'd always, you know, had my shit together, so to speak, even though I hadn't, I, you know, I'd always had this sort of um, vague idea. And in that moment, I had no clue as to what I wanted to do. And I was so tired. I was exhausted of doing everything. Like when you have your own business, even, even if like, I, you know, I've never had a bricks and mortar business that employs staff. I've only ever um, been self-employed and, and had myself to think about. But even then, uh, and you know, and I, and I always thank my lucky stars. I'm like, well, I, I work from home. I work online. Um, my overheads are very low. So if I'm not working, then it's not like I still have premises to cover rent of or, um, you know, wages to cover and things like that. So I always counted myself very lucky. But in this moment, I was like, I, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do next because I'm exhausted and I can't keep doing this. And I'm at absolute breaking point. I'm, I feel I'm being a terrible mother. I feel I'm being a terrible wife. I'm being a terrible body owner. You know, I'd put on nearly 10 kilos, wasn't looking after myself, wasn't feeling good about myself. Every, and, you know, we, we'd had many a conversation that my energy oozes into the whole house. So when I'm down, the whole house is down and, and everyone was snappy and, and, and argumentative and it was there was just not a nice vibe and and I didn't want that I was like 
I just want to be happy. I just want all of us to be happy. I remember that's all I was saying. Like, I just want us to be happy. And and I remember Terry trying to console me in as much as he was saying, you know, so much of this is in your head. You know, if you, if you stop and look around what we've actually got here, you know, so much of this pressure, so much of this weight, so much of this um, emotion that you're feeling is, is just, is in your head. And he was right, but it was real to me. Okay. It was in my head, but it was real to me. And it was still something that I had to get through. And as much as he was right in, in, you know, we have a great life. We live in a beautiful house. Um, we, we have great things about us, you know, he, he was right. I knew deep inside that we we meant for more. We as a family, me personally, I've always felt that. But in that moment, I was like, we as a family are meant for more. There is more to our story than where we're at. And what reflecting back, I think I was finding so upsetting in that moment was my unconscious self, like I knew that, my unconscious self knew that, but my logical brain could not compute a way forward, could not compute a way out. And the only thing that it could do in that moment was to break me. Like I had to break to act as the hard reset. Like, like, um, back in 2016, I broke my back. That was my hard reset. This was my next hard reset. And this time they broke me, (laughs) the universe broke me mentally instead of physically. (laughs) which I'm grateful for. I don't think I, I, I don't think I could do that again. <laughs> well, I could obviously if it happened, but you know what I mean? So I, I was at another heartbreak and I remember thinking, okay, okay. Um, I'm done with entrepreneurship. Um, as much as it pains me to say, like, I'm done. I have to now conform. Like I need to just go and get a job and have a physical, mental, emotional, financial, professional reset. And I put it out to the universe. I, you know, I I was like, all right, well, put it out to the universe. Also put it out to social media. I'm on the job market again. And I remember, um, I remember one lady on, on LinkedIn asked me, she's like, oh, wow, that's exciting. What kind of job are you after? And I had no freaking idea. I was like, I don't know. Am I really after a job? I don't know. I just said that because that's what I thought I wanted. But she'd asked the question. So it made me think. And and anyone who has worked with me, anyone who has been in my um, in my sphere of influence knows I bang on a lot about if you can't articulate it, you can't have it. So I knew that I would never, ever find my solution if I couldn't articulate what it was that I wanted. So I, I thought about it. I, I laid it out there. I was like, okay, um, we've now got Kai home from school, homeschooling, because the school system was not one that he fit into. And we'd made the decision that um, we weren't going to try and keep squeezing him into a box he was never meant to be in. Um, and, and we wanted the freedom to be able to, allow him to learn in a way that was um, best suited to him. So he, he homeschools. Um, 
at this point, at that point, he was doing distance education, but still from home. I knew I wanted to transition him to homeschool. So I knew whatever role I got needed to be remote. I needed to be able to do it from home. And I was like, okay, in an ideal world, I want it to be based in an accounting firm because that's my foundation. That's that's the world I know. But I want it to be more advisory. I want it to be more coaching because that's what I know my superpower is. I can inspire people. I can empower people. I can give people inf- the information that they need to move themselves beyond the current challenges that they're facing, to move them <clears throat> beyond their current thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, to move them beyond their current reality. I was like, that is my superpower. That's what I can do. So I was like, okay, I want a remote role based in an accounting firm um, that is not all compliance. I need to have an element of business advisory and coaching. Um, and while we're at it, let's make it part-time because I haven't been an employee for a very long time. Um, I don't know how I'm going to go. Um, let's make it part-time. And again, this made no logical sense. I was like, you know, how the hell am I going to find a job like this? Um, how the hell is this going to earn me enough money? And then I remembered a lady who I was doing my coaching training with back in the day had started this thing online and I knew she was doing something other than simply coaching um, because I knew that she was earning – she's suddenly gone from, you know, earning the sort of money I was earning coaching to looking like she was earning a lot of money. Um, she was traveling a lot. She was buying, buying new clothes, buying new shoes. I remember seeing a post where she bought a new car. Um, and I was like, and, and she was just glowing. She was buzzing. I was like, what, what is she doing? And she tried to show me a couple of times. Um, I remember over the sort of 12 months prior, um, and I discovered that it was some form of like online marketing that I just computed in my head. Oh, it must be network marketing or some kind of scam like that. No, I don't want a part of that. Um, so I didn't find out any information at the time. I just made assumptions based on the limited information that I thought I knew about what that sort of direct sales kind of business was all about. Anywho, in this moment of my despair that I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, um, now I have an opportunity here. And I remember reaching out to Sally. I was like, hey, you know that thing that you've tried to show me a couple of times? It's like, I, I, am, I am literally broken right now. I am at breaking point. <clears throat> I, I would love to see what it is. And she very graciously um after having been fobbed off a couple of times previously by me, quite bluntly, um, she very graciously um, held space for me and um, introduced me to a masterclass. And I watched. This was a li- This happened to be a live, um, a live class that was on. I made. I made the time. I sat down and I watched it because I was like, you know what. Um, I don't want to feel this broken anymore. Um, And so I don't know what this is, but if there is a potential that it could be a thing that stops me feeling this broken, then I'm going to give it an hour, 90 minutes of my time and I'm going to watch it. And 
I remember starting to watch it and at the beginning I was like, oh, here we go. You know, it's, you know, I've watched many a masterclass like this in my, in my coaching training and things like that. Um, and the, the lady got talking and it was one of those, it was one of those like bolt in the heart or more bolt in the gut moments of, oh, okay. Um, wow. This is where I need to be. This is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing. And I was talking to someone just the other day. I probably switched off from consciously listening to that class um, quite early on. And my brain was just off. It was like, oh, my God, this is what everything has been for, like literally everything. This is what every everything you've learnt every challenge, everything you've overcome, every every um, pivot of your business, every evolution of yourself, every everything you have gone through was to get you here. And to explain that logically to Terry, to my parents, to, you know, other people around me, I just couldn't. And, and, I still think that there are people in my inner circle that think I'm on some kind of midlife crisis, um, crazy stage right now. Um, but it's not my job to convince those people. It's not my job to um, to make them comfortable with my decisions. I'm comfortable with my decision. And the space that I am now in, where are we? We're at the 25th of September, 2023. So we're probably nine months, 10 months beyond my broken point. Um, I, I have not felt how I feel right now for a very, very long time, for a very long time. The thing that I realized I was missing the most was hope. I had lost hope. I had lost the ability to see beyond my current circumstances and feel hope, to see possibility, to see opportunity. And I hadn't realized I had gotten myself to that depth until I popped out the other side. And it was like, oh my God. And this is this has been a far longer. I'm watching the timer tick over very close to an hour. This has been a far longer um, conversation than I had thought it might be, um, but it was obviously a full story that needed to come out. And even in telling it in in one hit like this, it's allowing me to process things and allowing me to make sense of things. And I think that so many of us go through life on autopilot we we get up we do the thing we get the kids ready we get ourselves ready we go do our thing whether that be in our business or in our job or whatever it is we pick the kids up we do dinner we do bedtime routine we sit and do whatever we do in the evening we go to bed and it's rinse and repeat and we we get on this hamster wheel and every now and again we'll stop and we'll have a weekend away or a holiday and we're like oh this is great and we recharge a little bit and that allows us to keep going again and for me it took those big breaks you know, physically breaking my back, mentally breaking down. Like it was my, I totally believe it was my, my, my guide 
breaking me from that cycle because I didn't have the power to break myself from it. And so I want this show, this episode, I want to, you know, you know a bit more about me, you know a bit more about my my, my background and how I have gotten to where I am now. I There is no way, if you'd have told me, if you'd have told me even last year, this time last year, um, Claire, you're going to be um, you're going to be growing a um, a team in a in a direct sales company. Um, I'd be like, no, um, don't be stupid. I'm not doing that. Um, yet here I am. Um, I have looked at over the years. I have looked at and poo pooed so many online opportunities uh, in, in the network marketing space because I just I saw too much regulation I saw over you know how how I could be and who, what I could say and how I could say it I saw too much control I saw too much work and not enough reward so then I was looking into all right well what else could I do um, and you know we've put money into bitcoin platforms and lost that money um, you know, it, it's, it's money on a screen, sure, jumping up in value every day, but you try and get your hands on that cash, computer says no, um, because that whole scheme relies on, on money going into it. Anywho, long, you know, long story short, we don't talk about that. Um, I've looked at print on demand um, sales. I've looked at creating my own courses. I've looked at so many things that... Um, that tick this working from home, earning money online on the side of a job space, but none of them lit me up. None of them, none of, they were all like, oh yeah, I could do it. You know, it, it worked in my head, but this, when I watched this masterclass, I felt it in my heart. And that's how I knew, because as I said, right at the beginning, every single time I have followed my heart, I followed my gut, I followed my instinct, it has been the best decision I have ever made. So I felt that same feeling I felt when on that drunken night in the in the UK, we decided to move to Australia. I felt that same feeling in my heart that I felt when um, when I was like, I need to be with this man I've only known for six weeks for the rest of my life. Oh, and by the way, he also broke my back. I felt that same feeling of um, that same feeling in my heart of when we decided, you know what, it's time to have family. Um, it's time to have a. It's time to have a baby. Like that same feeling of energy bubbling up inside. I felt with this business, and I cannot compute that in logic. I cannot explain that to you in logic. It's a feeling, and every conversation I am having with the men and the women who I meet in this space, it is exactly the same for them. It is exactly the same. And that is the power, that is the energy that I am going to be sharing through through this podcast because there are people who need to hear these stories. There are people listening to this who need to see an example of someone whose life has changed who might be in the same spot that they are now and they will hear this story of this particular person um, that will spark something in them and they will feel they will feel that energy burst inside and they will need this as their vehicle and it is my job to share this with people I feel 
Um, and I am so incredibly, incredibly grateful for finding this opportunity. So what is it? You're probably, what the hell is it, Claire? You haven't even said what it is. So what I do is high ticket affiliate marketing. So I partner with a company, 50 year old company that produces products. And when those when people invest in those products, I earn a commission. So, you know, you might be saying, well, that's exactly like, you know, Tupperware or Avon back in the day, Thermomix. Yeah, it is. Um, but the commissions are massive. Um, I am currently, um, I'm currently earning between 1095 and about $2,855 per transaction, per sale. And, um, I don't even, I don't make those sales. Um, my job is inspiring. My job is, is showing here's a door, here's a door that you can choose to walk through if you want to, um, come ask me if you want to walk through the door and I will give you instructions on how to open the door, um, and how to take a peek inside and decide whether you want to step through. That's, that's my job. Um, it then moves over to it then moves over to an online platform that 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 goes through the whole rest of the process and i don't i don't do any of that i just support the person to walk through the door um and so that is my that is what i love because it's the bit that i love it's the bit of my coaching business that i loved it's the inspiration it's the empowerment it's the it's the showing you the way that's the bit i'm good at that's the bit that that is my superpower and the fact that i can do this now on the side of my dream job because let me just go back backtrack you know that dream job that i that i that i dreamt up that i spoke out to the universe i then received within a couple of weeks um and i am absolutely loving being back in a team that gives a shit about each other and gives a shit about their clients and has a vision and is proactive and so in both in every facet of my life I am now helping people in the capacity that I feel I'm best able to help people and serve people and so professionally I am so happy right now but that little entrepreneurial part of me that that knows I'm here for more is also satisfied because I'm building I'm building this affiliate marketing business on the side as well and it's my right now it's our fun fund you know um, it's a, it's our house savings bolstering fund um, in the future could it could it replace my income could it replace Terry's income could it set the boys up for life absolutely um, and I'm all here for that but but that's in the future and and I know that's there but I'm enjoying life now in this moment and this change of mindset this change of thinking this change of bank account balance is allowing us to to travel up to Queensland it's allowing us to open our eyes to new adventures as a family new a new whole new stage of life and I'm feeling hope again I'm feeling excitement I'm feeling possibility and that to me is life-changing so when I say this business has completely changed my life that's what I mean it has completely changed my outlook my thinking my belief in myself my belief in a hopeful future 
Um, not to mention the products themselves have actually helped me physically in as much as all of that, all of that um, comfort weight has now gone and I'm feeling fitter, um, more vibrant, more energetic, younger than I have since I've had the boys. I said to Terry just the other day, God, you realize like I'm at a weight now that I haven't been at since I've had Kai, you know, so um, that's just absolutely insane to me. So I think I'm going to wrap up there. This is going to be like a um, hour and 10 minute episode by the time I'm finished. But I thought it was really important to share my background and my origins for those that don't that that don't know it and come into this podcast. And and even there's things I've probably shared there that I that I haven't shared, even if you've been following me for a long time, um, and have maybe listened to some of my other podcasts on my other shows. But um, I felt it an important thing, and 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 personally, it was something that I that I feel I needed to to get out and release and and move on from because I am now in a completely different stage of life. I'm in a completely different mindset. I feel like I have um, elevated myself to a point where I am now ready to serve others. So um, I am building a team of fierce women rising, and I am creating a movement. I'm building a movement of women who are ready to break out. I am building a movement of women who are ready to explore the opportunity of doing something differently. So if you're feeling that fire in your belly from listening to any of this story or any of the episodes to come in this podcast, then I invite you to reach out. My contact details are in the show notes um, of this episode. You can contact me, um, just Claire Markwick on Facebook, Claire underscore Markwick on Instagram reach out and, um, and DM me. Um, you know, you don't even have to, if you don't even know what to say, just DM me the word masterclass. And what I will do is I've recorded my own masterclass now, um, introducing the Fierce Woman Rising movement, introducing um, me and my team and why we've each chosen to use this, um, this affiliate marketing opportunity as our vehicle to move our lives and our families forward. And um, in that class, we go into exactly how it all works, what it is, how it works and and how you can start looking through the door. Um, you know, there's no commitments. It's not telling you to step through the door and, and that's it. You know, as soon as you've been sent in the masterclass, that's it. You're sucked into our world. That's not how it works. Um, with, with the commissions as they are, I don't need to pester. I don't need to um, harass every man, woman, child and their dog. You know, I, I want people in my movement who have the self drive um, have the self responsibility have the um, have the power within them to make decisions for yourself you don't need me to convince you so this is just my simple invitation if you're if you're feeling the pull to explore what I've chosen to do as an option for yourself um, reach out, send me a DM, click the link in the show notes of this episode or reach out to me on socials just with the word masterclass um, if you don't know what to say and um, I, will, I will send you some information on how you can find out some more about what I'm doing and how you can potentially do it too. All right, I'm going to sign off. Um, thank you so much if you've um, stayed with me this whole time and um, I look forward to sharing my very first interview with you all very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.